0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Adventures with Aggie. Today, we have another episode of Adventures with Aggie Road to Tokyo featuring Zach Shattuck. He's competing for Team USA Paralympic swimming, and I'm super pumped to share his story and get to know a little bit more about him. So on that note, please welcome Zach. Zach, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm super excited to hear more about your story. Um, So just to get started, can you kind of give me some background of where you're from and who you are?
1: Yeah, so my name is Zach Shattuck. I'm 24 years old, uh, born and raised in uh, Mount Airy, Maryland, and went to school in Frostburg. And currently, before COVID, had been living out in Colorado Springs at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center. Uh, And now I'm back home with my parents in West Virginia.
0: I'm also back home with my parents right now. (laughs) I've been in Alabama for a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people got their plans sort of got upended and are back where they didn't expect to be.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. But it's fun. You know, I don't know. I don't mind being home all the time. Got yeah. my dogs.
1: <laughs> Dallas dogs. That's the way to go.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, let's kind of jump into what you do. Um Why swimming? How did this become your thing?
1: Uh That's really a, a funny story. I didn't swim like growing up at all. I never swam when I was younger. I messed around in like pools and rivers, like with friends and stuff. Um, but when I went to as a freshman, I went was going to Frostburg State University, and had found out about Paralympic, like the Paralympics and through like other friends who are like trying to get into it. And I went and talked to the coach at Frostburg State and was like, "Hey, can you give me some pointers on like how to swim? Like, what are some like what should I focus on? Some drills, maybe stuff like that." And this guy's name's Justin Anderson was just jumped right in. It was like, they had a small team. He's like, why don't you just join? Like we're trying to grow the program. And I was like, uh, I'll get back to you. So it took me like a week to be like, am I going to actually just join a college college program right now? And ended up doing it best, best decision I've ever made. Um, swam that whole season, ended up breaking a couple American records, made my first U uh, S team at the end of that season for the, it was the pan am team which was in toronto in 2015 and then sort of just kind of escalated from there i've gotten to travel all over the world, swim in different meets world championships and other pan ams and yeah it was that's that's sort of the base of how it all all started
0: that's awesome i can't say swimming was my sport i did i think one summer summer league or summer team Mm -hmm. Didn't enjoy those 6 a.m. practices. That was not my favorite.
1: (laughs) That's not mine either. And, like, yeah, like I said, I hadn't swam before. I played soccer, basketball, I wrestled. Those were like my sports growing up. And then swimming just sort of happened. It was like an opportunity, it was something that was made available to little people in the like Paralympics and just sort of took it just to see where it could go. And it's taking me a long way so I can't complain
0: yeah I love it (laughs) jump right in that's awesome yeah so fun um cool so how'd you end up at Frostburg um I'm curious I always love hearing about how people pick their schools
1: mine was based on what I originally was gonna study so I was like growing up I was big into like wildlife and animals I was like gonna be like the next like I was gonna be the little person version of like Steve Irwin I was gonna that kid and so they had a wildlife biology program there so I applied for that and then did that for two years and then realized I wasn't as good at biology as I thought I was so uh went into parks and recreation um and that just happened to be how I got into Frostburg and how what led to the swimming
0: awesome that's yeah I do I think in this past year, I've had more of a fascination. Maybe it's because I'm living in Alabama for the last like eight or nine months now. Okay, but I've had like this huge fascination with like nature, trees, and stuff. I mean, I live in the yeah. like in the woods essentially here. Um, you don't really get that where I usually live in New York. So
1: yeah. not exactly in the concrete jungle. Not not quite the uh, the wildlife.
0: <laughs> Definitely <laughs> cool. Just wondering. I think that's great. Um, well, when did you? realize that you could swim professionally? Like what, I don't know, I guess, how did it come out? You kind of touched on it, but what was that pathway and how did it start?
1: So like the first like three months of my swimming career were spent learning how to swim like properly. I didn't, I couldn't do like a flip turn. I couldn't, uh, I could barely go back and forth, like for more than like four or five laps without having to stop and be like, this is exhausting. I don't know how you guys do this. Um, and eventually, like, I built up that tolerance, and I picked up, like, things pretty quickly, fortunately. And probably by, like, like six months to eight months in, I, like, was swimming at a meet, and I swam pretty, like, had, like, my best race. And basically, someone had known that I was, from, like, the U.S. Paralympic staff had known that I was swimming, and they're like, you should go to this meet in Canada. And so, like, I got and swam there this was back in March and I made the team that was going to be swimming there again in August, which was for the Pan Am. And that was like the first kind of opportunity where you're like, okay, you just made U.S. like team. This is like the only, the beginning, like, and Rio, it was going to be the next year. And that was sort of like an outside shot of me even having an opportunity, but it was sort of just like training, training for that leading up to it. And yeah, it was, it was just a lot of fun. It was really cool to know, like, You put in the work in the beginning and you knew you had a lot more potential and like places to grow from it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can you walk me through some of those trainings that you were going through? I know you said you could barely do four or five (laughs) laps. I don't think I could do four or five laps. So how'd you get in shape?
1: So we started off like when I was first swimming, like you don't want to just jump right in and crush yourself. Otherwise your body's gonna hate you. So like I wasn't doing as much as the Um, like normal team in the beginning but eventually I'm getting up to swimming where I was swimming nine like nine times a week uh, like doubles and then lifting um, like two to three times a week and I think just that combination and like that kind of that effort and like repeat performance um, and also having to wake up so early swimming you have to wake up so early it's not never fun Um, that sort of just like got me into shape and I was on a really good schedule and I was being healthy and I was in the best shape that I've been in in a long time so that definitely definitely helped so yeah it's just persistence honestly
0: yeah definitely I don't know why Why do you have to get up so early to be a swimmer like I
1: I've been asking that question for the last five <laughs> years I've still gotten the proper answer so
0: we <laughs> <laughs> need to figure this out like I'm pretty sure pools are open in the afternoon I don't know yeah but...
1: they, they definitely like if I we can have practices in the afternoons too and it's like I, I go to pool go to the pool in the morning and I'm like grogging. That's like the last thing I want to do after getting out of a warm bed is to go jump in a cold pool, so.
0: Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, how was this training schedule that you had built for yourself? How was it impacted by COVID?
1: That that was a big big factor. So when COVID first really became like a thing back in March, we uh, we had actually. Been on a national team camp down in Florida and we got sent home halfway through which was like okay stuff's like actually going on Um, and then I went back and I had been coaching Uh, I was an assistant coach at the University of Mary Washington in Fredericksburg and my head coach was who's still Justin Anderson he went and got the new job there and hired me as an assistant and I was still training with him Um, so we were able to train for a couple more days But then the school shut down. And so like I I went home and was living in Maryland with my friends. And I was just training on my own. I was trying to find pool time. I was doing a lot of like cardio, running, biking, um, basically like soccer, anything where I was just kind of like could get exercise. And that lasted for about two months. And then outdoor pools, fortunately, were like staying open. So I was able to train and coach like a club team in Westminster Maryland for a little while and that kept me in pretty good shape and then I moved out to Colorado Springs back in the beginning like end of or like middle of August and I was there until basically winter break and then they shut down the second week of December.
0: Gotcha yeah I was wondering I asked another swimmer this the other day like how do you substitute swimming like you can't swim in the street or like at home
1: <laughs> no it you can't, you can't really just go like i don't know you get a bucket and you just dip your head in hold your breath um yeah. but no it's just more like just cardiovascular stuff anything where you can kind of get your heart rate up and in it like kind of come as close as you can to relating that feeling of like little like lack of oxygen and like right. just getting, just giving up like that 180 is like what they say for like when you're really racing and getting your heart rate up, like trying to get to that, that spot. So that was just, that was definitely adapting. And, but it was, it's, it's tough that everyone's going through it. Like I can't complain because of my like lack of resources because everyone, it was happening everywhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. Make the
1: best of what you can.
0: Yep. Everybody's in the same boat. I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like swimmers might have it a little bit harder. I don't have access to it, yeah. pl- I don't know what I would have done, you know, if I was in your situation, but
1: yeah, I was always jealous of like the cyclists who could just go out and yeah. <laughs> <with a>
0: run. <runner. laughs> yes, definitely. Um, awesome. Well, let's transition a little bit um, okay. into Tokyo. Uh, so this is my favorite question to ask Olympians, Paralympians, everybody going to Tokyo or going to any Olympics or Paralympic games. Um, so what does the road to Tokyo mean to you? Like, to me, it's cool commercials and like all the hype on social and stuff. But I don't think that's the yeah. same for you.
1: No, I think like the road to Tokyo to me is just, it would mean kind of like all the work that I've put in the last five years is like kind of come to like an epitome. And it's kind of like I've reached that goal. I've proved to myself that I can compete at the highest level that's available to me and to be able to do that would just it'd be a childhood goal it'd be a life goal and it's just something that I, i'll i carry with me forever and i'll be able to talk about for a long time and share and hopefully inspire others to be like hey this kid did it maybe i can do it too so like that's the that's the big thing for me
0: yeah definitely i think at every olympics or paralympic games i get so excited and like super motivated like oh i can do that but like i I don't know. I don't think I'm there, but I feel like I can do anything when I'm watching these athletes.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the cool feeling. It's, it's sort of inspiring and uplifting. And I think that's the big thing with the Paralympics too, is like, you see these people who probably have like, are going through challenges that are a little different than most people go through and probably have a little tougher go of it, if I'm honest. And they are doing these like incredible athletic things. And you're like, wow, like, and that's just inspiring to everyone. If they can do it, I can do it. Or like right. if they're work, I can put in the work, stuff like that. And I think that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah,
0: thing. definitely. I, when I was researching you before this, before this call, um, <laughs> I, I was reading a lot about Paralympians and I think it's so cool how like, yeah, everybody has a story, right? Like every human has some kind of story. They've gone through stuff. Everybody's gone through stuff. But like, I feel like with Paralympians, the stories are very impactful, and very inspirational not not always like more than olympians but i think that it's just so cool to see all of the stuff that some of these paralympians have overcome
1: um yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah it definitely overcoming is like a big that's probably a really big word in like paris just because you're dealt these like poor hands sometimes or like it's just not the cards you wanted and it's how how right. can you adapt it and how can you make the best of your situation it's kind of like a lot like what happened with covid like i think right. Paralympic had a easier go of it just because you're so used to having to adapt and find ways to make things work for you.
0: Yes, definitely. The yeah. adapt. I think that was the like the word of 2020, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Adapt, pivot, you know, everybody's favorite words. Um, yep. <laughs> also well what are you most excited about um for Tokyo?
1: Uh I'm most excited, I think, to just compete and see like just get on the biggest stage and just let it rip with the best athletes in the world. And then obviously the experience, this will be my first games if I'm fortunate enough to make the team. And that's just I don't know. It's I've talked I've talked about it with athletes who have gone to previous games and are like, man, like it's unreal. Like the you think like the things you've gone to are like great, but like there's just something like a little different about the setting. And so that's that's the uh the big, like the atmosphere of it all, I think is what I'm looking forward okay. to. Most.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I've heard like a bunch of different people saying like, oh, it'll probably be a little different this year, but I feel like it's more, uh, it's going to be more focused, I think, right? Like <laughs> athletes, they go there, compete, probably don't stick around because COVID things. Um, yeah. But I don't know. And I also just think the focus that these athletes have had, like it's during COVID and I don't know, I just trying to keep your eye on that, like during this past year of like, oh, I'm waiting you know like yeah yeah you
1: gotta trying to keep your eye on the prize and stay motivated has probably been a challenge for a lot of people so it'll be it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how the games are run if they're if they're able to happen
0: right yeah I think my my goal has been to graduate from college I can't imagine what the goal would be <laughs> <laughs> going to the Olympics or going to the Paralympics you know it doesn't I don't yeah. know not the same
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know big College, like there's, I mean, that's a big goal in itself, but absolutely, like for kids, and because there's young kids too, especially in the Paralympics, like the age starts, like they start much younger than I'd say, like Olympians do. And there's been like 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds who make the team. Right. And so thinking about that, you're like, wow, these kids are like in high school. Like, I don't know how you, like, that's just, it's crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: But at the same time, like any goal you set, like, and that goes for anybody, any goal you set, like, don't be ashamed of like what it is, just accomplish it for yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's just the discipline that a lot of athletes have. Like, when you're 13, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go to the Olympics, Paralympics one day. Like, that's crazy to know that Mm -hmm. already as a middle schooler. Like, oh, wow, that's fascinating. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's definitely, definitely interesting to think about.
0: Yeah, I don't think I was in that. Um, mindset when i was 13 <laughs> There <it> was i <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i it's so cool i was speaking with um uh, a rugby player on team usa and she was okay. saying like it's really common for women in rugby to not start until college or even after college and i was like it's crazy like it's not too late i could do that <laughs> but
1: yeah you, some people just pick it up
0: yeah and, and that's wild <laughs> to me
1: Nice. I don't it's know if good. swimming
0: works like that. It worked for you. I don't know if I could do it though.
1: I yeah, I don't know. There's not I always people are always kind of like, when did you start? Like kind of give you that <laughs> double take. And you're like, because uh. most <laughs> most swimmers, yeah, they're they're a little younger. They do like the summer leagues year round swimming as, as kids and like high school swimming. Yeah. Uh, I never I, I coached it the summer. It looked a lot like a lot of fun, but yeah. Never got
0: sure, sure. Yeah, that's crazy. You did lots of other things, though. So you're always active. I guess it wasn't just like, oh, sports, I'm going to swim. Yeah, Olympics, like Paralympics, whatever. Yeah,
1: Um, sports were always, always a big part of my life.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, Awesome. Well, kind of another transition here. But what um, what are you doing with the team from now until Tokyo happens?
1: Uh, That's sort of an interesting question. We're uh, (laughs) we're sort of getting updated like as we go through there's nothing um certainly set in stone yet with our team uh originally like when covid first hit we had done a lot of like zoom meetings and team meetings and just kind of like making sure like as a team we we're staying like connected and in in touch with each other how was everyone doing and then sort of like people started to go do their own thing and then we've sort of come back to it gone away and come back so like just that connection's been good um and then just sort of focusing on, we have potentially and hopefully our first meet is in, at least on US soil, is going to be in Indianapolis in April. And so I think that's everyone's like main focus right now is hopefully that meet goes on and training and just getting into your best prime position for that.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love Indianapolis actually. I love going there.
1: Yeah, great.
0: That's fun. I, I hope it happens. April. I feel like it's going to come sooner than we think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. So what is like your motivation drive? Can you tell me a little bit about your mentors and people also, sorry, I didn't send you this question before. Um, No, you're good. But yeah, who has helped you along the way? I know you mentioned some of your coaches and stuff.
1: Yeah. So some people that have definitely helped me along the way are Justin Anderson, like deserves the majority of this credit because he's the one that got me into the sport. He's the one that has, he's transitioned into para-coaching too. And he was the head coach at a Pan Am meet in 2019, where I was also like team captain of that meet. So that was kind of a cool like relationship that we've had. And then uh, Connor Giafrida was another um, little person who joined Frostburg when I was a senior and he was a freshman and him, like, that was sort of like my feeling of like, I can help you like get to where you want to go and you're going to push me to like, make sure I'm not like uh, slacking off and like accepting where I'm at. Um, My parents, my Rich and Teresa Shattuck and my sister, Casey Shattuck, definitely deserve a ton of credit. And then friends from back home, they were like in the summer when uh, like COVID hit, I was living with Colin Spore and he, uh, he was helping me do a lot of like dry land workouts and, my neighbors had a pool, so we were swimming back and forth in there and he was giving me some some like times and just pushing me and making sure I didn't slack off. So definitely a lot of people like helping you along the way. It's not a it's never a one person journey. So
0: definitely. I think swimming is one of those things that people don't always think of as team sports mm-hmm. because it's one usually one person, you know. And yeah it's so cool to see all the people that go and help and push and motivate and stuff, all of these swimmers and stuff.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I guess I got to give other shout outs to the UMW swim team because they, I worked there and they, I swam with them and as well as coach with them. Uh, and then the summer club team with like Christian March and uh, Dave Benedictus and all those guys. So
0: yeah. Got, got outs. That's awesome. Awesome support <laughs> system. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cool. Um, Okay, so I've got two more for you. Um, I I should have asked this one earlier, because I don't like kind of bringing the mood down, I guess. But can you tell me about some of the challenges that you faced in the last, like, I don't know, a few years of your training and stuff? I know lots of crazy things go into prepping for something as big as the Paralympics. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What can you tell me some of the, I guess, tough times?
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah. There's, so there's, there's been different ones. I've always like, swimming wasn't, wasn't something I ever did growing mm-hmm. up. So like I was always a team sport player and I was like, if there was a goal where you're like trying to score like in soccer or make a basket or like as a team. And then, so like when I started into swimming, like the individualism of it all, whereas like everything you do is dependent on you. Like my teammates can't like in a relay. Sure but like in my races, like it's all on me and same with practicing. You're just sort of like two hours staring at a black line going back and forth. (laughs) That was the easiest to get used to. And it still isn't. And So I struggle with like, I'd say that, that motivation to get through and like what's especially now and when COVID hit. Um, And then as for other things, I'd say I broke my wrist uh, right before world championships in 2017. So that was partially my fault and so like but so like having the, the recovery to get back to like where you were like a month out that was that was always interesting and then I got sick in 2019 before the Pan Am games and it's just like those were like the little things in it but it also drive you it's like I swam this I did well and I swam well but like this that also happens like maybe if this this like you still have room to improve because this didn't happen and you can get better right and, so yeah, I mean, there's been challenges along the way, and thankfully I've haven't had any like serious medical or um, things like that to deal with. Uh, but you know, you just make the best of it. And everyone had to deal with COVID, and that's probably the thing yeah. that most people would say. And you just you just adapt. Adapt is the big word. I think.
0: <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I do think like with injuries or any kind of some challenge that comes along, like. You come back stronger. I know it's super cliche. Like yeah. everyone says that. But I I tore my bicep last year and Ooh. I had shoulder surgery. And I was like, oh, like that's not great, right? Like I couldn't lift anything for a yeah. long time. And now I'm like, oh, well, it's fixed. I can do more, you know, like okay. I don't have to worry about it again. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I just find I'm working out more, I'm doing more, I don't know, lifting more, you know. Um, which maybe that isn't that's smart wrong. that I'm saying it out loud, but that's okay. No, <laughs>
1: You don't overdo it, but you can push it to see where you're at. Keep right. It, keep. Play it smart.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, cool. Okay, this. I'm wrapping up this time. Um, okay. Can you tell me a little bit about your long-term goals? Um, I don't know if you've gotten there. I know I hate this question, so it's not really fair. You know, <laughs> like I don't like ask or getting it, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Um, yeah. What are your long-term goals after Tokyo?
1: Uh, so after Tokyo, I definitely. Originally had been like Tokyo had been last year. I was hoping to travel. I just, I'm a big like travel person. I want to go see the world. So definitely want to travel. Um, and then I'm going to hopefully work at some point, um, can use this parks and rec degree, maybe go back and get my master's. Um, I'm going to help out my parents. They own a retreat center in West Virginia.
0: Cool.
1: And uh, and then I also like for focusing on stuff, I want to get more LPs, like people, little people into para sports. And I also want to introduce more pair sports for LPs. So like swimming, track, like um, some like badminton, or like some sports right. that little people can do. But if there was like soccer, basketball, um, and then winter sports, there's no winter sports for little people. So like skiing, wow. um, other other things like that. I think that would be a pretty pretty cool thing to try to try to get. So that's my that's my plan right now. And then. Just sort of see where life takes me. I like to live one day at a time and just make sort of roll with it, roll with the flow.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. I actually, I didn't know that there were no winter sports for little people. That's yeah, crazy, actually. But yeah,
1: I, I was surprised when I first found that out.
0: Yeah, we can fix that. That's okay. We can do I, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was uh, speaking with a, um, a blind cricket coach um, the other day on the podcast. And he was talking about how his mission is also making sport available to all people, regardless Mm -hmm. of condition, disability, whatever it may be. Um, And he's grown Australian blind sport hugely. It's, it's amazing to see all the impact and stuff, but maybe I can connect you all if you want to know him. Um, But he's doing incredible things. And I think that's a really cool mission as well, because all people deserve sport.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think sports something that can connect everyone. And I think, the olympics and paralympics have almost the opportunity to be like the beginning of or the end of the big beginning and it's like they're the like the tunnel where like everyone sort of come back comes back together after like covid and stuff and you get to kind of move on like celebrate for once and i think that would be a really really cool like message and uh, but yeah sports is just it connects people and i think that's a great thing
0: Definitely, definitely. That's that's why we're in it, I think. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Last question. Last question. Right. Um, I always end my shows on advice. So, right. what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self?
1: Oof, one piece of advice I'd give it to my younger self. Um stay persistent, they don't like through do the challenges and the struggles and like everything else just stay confident in yourself trust yourself and push forward like things are the road's gonna be tough and you're gonna have self-doubt but just just know that like it'll it'll all be worth it
0: definitely that's good advice you thought of that on the spot too i I felt like that was i I did (laughs) i think that's awesome younger zach would appreciate it Um, yeah (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much, Zach. This was awesome. Um, I know I learned so much about you and about Paris swimming and, um, super excited to see you in Tokyo in a few months.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And this is an awesome podcast. Great idea. I think you're doing great things and I hope, I hope it continues to go well.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing your awesome story, Zach. And on the next episode of Adventures with Aggie, we will feature Kaylee Gilchrist. Kaylee is a gold medalist for Team USA water polo, and she's going to compete in surfing when surfing is being offered for the very first time in an Olympic Games this year in Tokyo. So stay tuned for more episodes of Adventures with Aggie Road to Tokyo.